Hey everybody, how's it going? It is another episode of Pardon the Ignorance Podcast. Me and Mary, uh, this week, if you're watching, if you're watching us instead of listening to us, you'll see that I'm joined by our good pal Harold. What's up? Uh, we were actually also, if you watch the video on YouTube, you'll see that me and him were just having a nice little moment. It was quiet, and I was just staring into his eyes. <laughs> give it a give it a watch, people. I promise you, it's worth it. Yeah, but it's always hard, you know, when you do those zoom podcast you never know do i look in the camera do i look at the person looking at me uh what do i do it's like like i think if you're cross-eyed you're actually at an advantage if you're like cross-eyed and you lay your head on the side you can have one eye going to the camera and one eye going to the person all you have to do is like know how to switch eyes and i don't so yeah <laughs> see and i always freak out with that because i try to i look at the person because i feel it's more personable but technically right. when you do this you gotta the whole entire time you have to look at the camera instead of at the person Right. Um, I've been working a lot with Microsoft Teams this week. Um, as I told you off the air, uh, we're having a solar panel uh, system put installed on my roof. And with the company, we had to do a lot of meetings over Zoom, uh, the wife and I with, this, uh, with these people. So how we were sitting and how we were doing the video, it seriously looked like I was just doing this the whole time, like not even paying <laughs> attention, just being a total cunt and ignoring them but in reality i was trying to be um respectful and look directly at the person that was talking to me if that makes sense but absolutely like how this technology stuff is you have to kind of be rude ignore the person and look directly at the camera so then they feel like you're actually looking at them it's so weird it is. It is. Especially if you're like recording in a studio and you have a light coming out of the camera shining into your face. Yeah. And somehow that vortex is your audience. Um, and you say whatever you say into this unknown bright light. It feels like dying. It feels like saying your last words, literally. Yeah. And uh, depending on what you say, it might actually really be your last <laughs> words on YouTube. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I kind of think cancel cultures turn it around, man. Oh, really? What makes you think that? I just think it's, I think it's hit that point where people are kind of like, eh, you know, it's enough. We get it. I hope, man. I, I, I hope, hope so. that that moment comes. Yeah. Right. But it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting, man. Even yeah. you look at it that way. Yeah. I mean, now, of course, this is a couple of, a couple of months old, but um, the thing that had me, had me going wild at those people was how they canceled a German reggae band for wearing dreadlocks on stage and performing at a reggae festival. I think it's a reggae band. Um, I don't want to ruin the momentum. That's why I'm not looking it up right now. But I know that they canceled <laughs> a singer, a female singer, for yeah. wearing dreadlocks during a reggae concert because what? she's white. Yeah. And that happened... Maybe I'm mistaken. Might not have been Germany. Might have been Switzerland, or it's a Swiss band, and it happened in Germany. It's it's one of those things. Either way, it's how I don't understand it. Yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm not a reggae person, but as far as I know, there's no form of music that's more inclusive and more towards just spreading love and enjoying the moment as yeah. reggae. And um, well, dude, why? look at Bob Marley. He shot the sheriff. 
He <laughs> he did it specifically to have it open to all people. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. I mean, he he killed Jesus, and uh, <laughs> that's and that's why that's why they shouldn't have canceled her. They should have crucified her. Is what I'm saying. No, I'm what I'm saying is <laughs> um, that it's that it's really messed up because if you if you just judge appearance and not intention, that's where it gets really really wild. See, I I also think it's kind of weird because if you look at that entire culture of reggae, dreadlocks, kind of like it it takes on like a lot of hippie, hippie vibes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, And dreadlocks are fully in that culture. It doesn't matter if you're what color you are or where you come from. You know, you see a lot of like even here in Germany. Go to Gießen. It's a college town. You see a bunch of 20-year-old girls running around with dreadlocks and look like they've been living in the woods for six months. It's, right. It has nothing to do – I don't think it has anything to do with trying to appropriate someone else's culture or mm-hmm. ethnicity, you know, like the Jamaicans that's really tied to the Rastafarian lifestyle with reggae and everything. It's just – People are ridiculous, man. If that's what you're going to cancel somebody for, you have to really look at your life and see what's really bothering you enough to project all your time into that. Yeah. And besides, you're you're really killing the messenger on that one because yeah. a lot of those people just wear the dreadlocks to identify with the group that is all for canceling people for making others feel uh, left out or appropriated or whatever. You know, yeah. Um, like, try to find a Republican with dreadlocks. That can happen. So it's like if you're already wearing them as a as a sign of of being liberal and on the far left and liking nature <laughs> and and hating people that drive fast, um, then that really had to be the ultimate blind side. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you find a Republican that has dreadlocks, it's a kid that's trying to piss his dad off. That's all it is. <laughs> Could you imagine? I can imagine George W. Bush showing up with uh, dreadlocks and George H. going, What the fuck? No way, boy. (laughs) You're going to Yale with all the other homosexuals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what? You're going to the Navy, bud. (laughs) Because I think he was in the Navy. Uh, George George Jr.? No, he went to the uh, National Guard, I think. Really? Yeah, I think he went to the National Guard. And that's okay. why he became a pilot. Okay, yeah, and, I knew um, he was a pilot. I just didn't know if he flew under the Navy or how that worked. No, no, I think he did uh, the typical rich kid trick of avoiding active duty and uh, somehow being able to say that they served in the military after all. Not to diss any uh, National Guards people here. Thank you for your service. But when rich people do it, <laughs> it kind of has it, it kind of makes me feel like a white person wearing dreadlocks. You know, it's like Chris, if you're feeling attacked, you should. <laughs> Speaking of Chris, why isn't he here? I don't know. I think he's also working as well. <laughs> <laughs> but that also shows you private, like the civilian sector, and then the military sector. The funny right. thing is you're on break doing a podcast, but I guarantee you're working way harder than he is right now. <laughs> well, I did my first yeah, – yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But uh, my first hour was really hard. That's like – you know, that was like one of those uh, WWE situations, right? Where you can't even take your robe off, your music music's still playing, and somebody yeah. hits you over the head. That's that's really what that was like. Um, well, you probably – you told me what time you started. That's probably – that's got to be pe- like a, 
within like the peak time, right? Pretty much. But um, I haven't been used to working peaks because we didn't have any peaks for the last three years. So getting so much traffic at once really was like, wow. I'm like, okay, shoot. I wasn't really expecting to work today. Yeah, <laughs> but that's good. It makes it go by quicker. Well, yeah, but also I almost connected two planes, so that's not that good. But I know <laughs> I can only imagine what uh, connecting means. Yeah, like if you connect two things that shouldn't be connected, they should move freely, <laughs> and all of a sudden you don't. They don't because you put them together, and now they're stuck together, although they shouldn't be. And uh... <laughs> your supervisor comes up, Harold. How's your shit? How's it going today? <laughs> Awesome, boss. I just got done finishing connecting all the dots. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like, hey, guy, uh, I mentioned it. I, I just meant to call you. Uh, I'm going home now. <laughs> Did I ever tell you? Um, I might have mentioned it on the podcast. I'm not sure um, that we get this get out of jail free card when something like that happens. No. Well, I was involved uh, in an accident. Uh, I think five years ago, five or six years ago, where a plane almost crashed that was uh -huh. um, on our watch. And we got we got told if we live with another person to pretty much not talk to our spouses, to just hand them this card. So we get a little card that says, that does the talking for us. It says, basically, hey, um, I had a really shitty day at work. Um I might explode. I might be emotionally unstable. Please keep me away from alcohol. And don't worry, I get treatment and all that kind of stuff. But I might not be able to talk about that. That's crazy. I yeah. never knew that. Now, I didn't either. Um, you've told us, you know, you've told us a little bit about the job. I understand it's very high stress. And here in Germany, um, how our medical system is set up, you can go do what's called like a core. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like a retreat where you go and you focus on your physical, uh, your mental and physical health. And you can just get yourself grounded and back kind of reset for a few weeks. I don't know. They're usually anywhere from three to six weeks long. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them, depending on what you go for. I know you, you just did one this past summer. That was what a month. Yeah. Four weeks. Yeah. Um, now do you guys have to, are you guys required to talk to psychologists outside um, of those times? Outside of those times? No. Um, we get a psychiatrist that comes to your, uh, to the facility every now and then, and she mm -hmm. offers private, private hours, but also lectures and all kinds of stuff. Um, a lot of people use it. Um, but, a, but a large part of having an effective therapy or, or a trauma, uh, trauma compensation strategy is just talking about it. So what yep. we do is um, we get uh, fellow air traffic controllers, um, send them to a seminar, and then their so-called SISM peers. SISM stands for Critical Incident Stress Management. Mm -hmm. And um, like we can call them up whenever we feel like it. They're basically on call 24 seven so they can, That's so cool. they can get called in for an emergency and everything. But of course you, you, you can talk to them about everything. I'm, I've heard that a lot of people talk to them about private problems also like uh, trying to, trying to have a normal family life while working <laughs> shifts, all that kind of stuff and how that stresses them out at work. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, Harold, how how did you, you know? Let's talk about that crash today. Yeah, man, my wife sucks. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, we need to talk about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest. Honest, that's that's a thing that's investigated because whenever something like that happens, we have to fill out a questionnaire. We have this thing called just culture. Um, it's a very interesting concept. It's about like taking away the blame from <clears throat> from the person who who caused an accident, maybe caused an accident, maybe not, and to yeah. investigate all the little things that led to the accident happening to learn from it in the future and maybe prevent things from happening. So that's why they try to get us to speak very openly. And one of the parts of that questionnaire is fatigue, um, stress that has to do with things that happen outside of work. Exactly. Um, it can be a factor, but you know, I mean, in all honesty, man, and I'm just being real from my point of view and I'm not sure how your guy, how, uh, the percentage of gender at your facility is if it's more men, I could see it. I, in my head, I see it being more male dominated, uh, profession, but I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. would you say it's fair? Is it 50 50 or is it more men or more women that are in your field? I would say it's still more men, but it's starting to even out. Okay. But Um, even for the men, let's be in, Again, I'm only speaking from my own personal life experiences and how I feel about things. Mm-hmm. Men are more emotional than women. I've made that same observation, yeah. So we tend to um, not necessarily overreact more, but we tend to overthink and carry things a little bit more and a little bit further. So I could see where a psychologist comes, if an accident happens, they want to see what happened even at home before that, because as men, it could be like the littlest thing. Like we just, the wife made my sandwich wrong or she washed my clothes, but didn't put them in the dryer. So I have nothing to wear to work. And you're just mad about that. Or you have a massive fight. You go to work, you just stew about it as you're going to work. And then you're sitting there trying to control these planes. And you're like that fucking cunt and shit happens guys in that, in that way, we're more emotional or if if something happens like sad or something like that, Hmm. we tend to be a little more emotional. We try to be men and hide it back. But at some point, because of that, when you break, it's a much bigger break down than I think a female has. Yeah, and I think um, it has to do with the way that we're raised, that we're just now getting aware of that yeah. or becoming more aware of that. Um, I, I had a very a very interesting situation like that. Um, I went to a friend of mine's son's funeral. Um, he was born prematurely and died just a couple of days after he after he was born. And um, I went to the funeral. Of course, it was it was sad, and I I liked the guy. He's my friend, and I was I was sad in the moment. But after that, I went to a late shift, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, huh. I, I of course I knew that I was on a funeral, but leaving the funeral, it felt like okay, check, you yep. know, tick mark. They're gonna be sad. Um, this is really not my. It's it's not my beef, you know. I kid was young. They knew it was probably going to be born with with uh, birth defects anyway, so it just happened to die. Everybody everybody knew about it. And in a logical sense, I had um, 
I'd been, I, I was through with it by the time I showed up at work. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, as I was sitting there, I was like, damn, this is fucking wrong. Caskets aren't supposed to be that small. Um, you know, and, and it's that thought that kept ringing in my head, yeah. like how, how wrong it is to look yeah. at a kid's casket. I, I don't have any kids of my own. So I, right. that's thought that I never had. And all of a sudden it hit me. I didn't cry or anything. I'm like, fuck, but I couldn't concentrate on my work. And it fucks and, you up a little bit. Yeah. I had one of the worst days in my career. Just, I mean, nothing yep. happened, but just concentration wise. So you didn't connect any dots. I didn't connect any dots. No, that's good. <laughs> I wish I had though. Cause they would have sent me home. <laughs> <laughs> but then you would have had to have dealt with much bigger caskets. Right, right, right. But at least, you know, if it's if it's like 90% grown-ups, you're like, okay, they were going to die anyway. So, what's <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and, you know, were they French? All those important things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, details matter. Yeah. Um, no, but, man, it's – and it's funny kind of like how you're saying. You're just sitting there, and it's, it's funny how, like, the littlest things – you think that, okay – we've we're done with it we can put it past us but how they from them by themselves creep up on you and show mm -hmm. their face again in the weirdest way that gets you thinking a little bit deeper and i can see how that totally affects you and when you're in a job like you have where you need high concentration that could be pretty scary to deal with like in that moment yeah you know and and um <clears throat> if uh i think also if you're if the responsibility responsibilities in the relationship aren't uh, distributed evenly and you happen to be the one that makes most of the decisions, it can be, you know, it can be something traumatizing, like, uh, like a funeral, but it can also be something absolutely trivial, like, okay, uh, what size, uh, what size coat rack do we need? And will that fit? And what, what color do we need? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And, um, then you think, okay, now I have the time because now, but now nobody is yapping in my ear. Yep. And I don't have to take care of anybody else's problems. I can I can just like focus on this, and then all of a sudden, oh shit! Did I did I let him descend to one hundred or one ten? Fuck, you know. That kind of thing. <laughs> and that ten, that difference is massive. <laughs> it's it's a massive difference. It doesn't sound like a lot, but um, a thousand feet can be a lot if that's the only thousand feet between you and another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, Lufthansa, whatever you want to give us, you know, what's your, well, I don't know how you guys say it, whatever. Like what's your, what's your 20, you know? Yeah. That's like, you know, have... what's your location? Well, I'm looking right at, uh, you know, I'm looking at French airs, uh, headlights right now. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lufthansa doesn't complain because they usually trust us. Um, the Swiss get nervous every now and then. And then they plus, come on. Uh, let's be real. Lufthansa, German wings belongs to Lufthansa, and we know how those people fly. Yeah. Speaking of taking care of, good care of your emotions, but, um, <laughs> like, what do you do when you get sad? I descend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awful. <laughs> but um, talk about being down. <laughs> And oh. we're canceled. <laughs> no, but that that actually um, 
that rang tough with a lot of air traffic controllers too, because um, yeah. they were already on on um, Sky Guide's radar, I think, and they are well connected with the Germans. Some of the guys know each other, and um, when that happened, you know, all jokes aside, um, the air traffic control world was was really in shock because there's literally nothing you can do about it as a controller. No, no. now this is something I've always wondered. Uh, do do you guys have kind of like a override for comms? Uh, say. Like if you're talking to, you're talking to uh, a pilot and their crew, mm-hmm. and then they don't pay attention or they switch channel. Are you able to find like? Is there a way to override that, and you guys are still able to communicate through to them, or no? Um, we don't have an override function like that. What we have is the emergency frequency. Um, okay. They. Now, this is what's supposed to happen. What's supposed to happen is um, an airplane has two radio sets. One has the current frequency that's been assigned to them where they talk to us. And then there's the emergency frequency. Now, the emergency frequency has to be monitored um, continuously throughout the day 24-7 by air traffic control and anybody in the air. So what we do is we go on the emergency frequency and we say, Lufthansa 123, this is... Berlin approach, calling you on emergency frequency, come back to frequency, so and so and so. And depending on how deep their conversation is, they will hear that and switch back to the emergency frequency. Hmm. That's pretty crazy. But that's still got to probably be a pretty uh, intense situation until they switch back over. And it could be something simple like, oh, we accidentally had it turned down or accidentally went like a little bit too far. That happens. That happens yeah, exactly like that I mean. because because <clears throat> you have to imagine like um, a comm panel on an aircraft is a very condensed space and they're always typing. So it might be that they just like flick the switch with the back of their finger and don't even realize it. Exactly. And um, so, yeah. And with us, um, it, it can put you in a pretty bad situation. Like um, if you imagine a runway and then you project the center line of the runway um, to the sky, like infinity, and then you have two airplanes approaching that center line they might be cleared into different altitudes hopefully they are but if you're anticipating that you're going to turn this guy in 10 seconds and then all of a sudden he doesn't talk to you anymore um (laughs) you're you're in a whole bunch of shit i mean if you have if you have different levels assigned to him which you should then it's no danger but it's still going to be a problem because nine times out of ten these aren't the two airplane the only two airplanes that are going to be there so now you have to try to fiddle this knucklehead into the sequence again and make a hole for, for him by vectoring all the other airplanes that <laughs> like somewhere else and fitting him in between used to happen a lot with, uh, with a company that, um, that went belly up a couple of years back air Berlin. Um, since they bought, I think parts of Alitalia, which is the former Italian, um, Italian version of Lufthansa. That's their flag carrier. Yep. And a lot of these, a lot of these pilots had no experience flying to Berlin or to Germany. Yeah. And so so they were still like fully immersed in their approach briefing and just not paying that much attention to the radio. And um and, and also, you know, sometimes you had an Italian guy flying with a German guy, then you had a German guy flying with a Dutch guy, and a Dutch guy flying with a Finnish guy. And of course, you know, if you if you fly an airplane, everybody has I mean, there's standards, there are procedures and all that, yep. but everybody has a slightly different opinion on how to operate this machine. And getting that synchronized is really hard. That's why 
I'm kind of careful around Ryanair, low cost carriers. Yeah. Because, yeah, they don't have their company own flight training. No, it's like and they're, they it's people that are trying to pick up shifts for a quick few bucks on the weekend or what, like, you know what I mean? On off days. Right. I could imagine them being uh, pilots for somewhere else, other carriers where they have like a set crew, like a set uh, captain and co captain all the time, where it's like, ah. I'm off for the next few days. Fuck it. Let's go make a quick couple of thousand and do Ryanair. Like pick up these budget flights that are just, you're flying all day, but you're home every night. Right. Right. I would 100% do that. And, um, on top of that, you know, it's just miles on, on the odometer. It's just, um, hours that go into my flight log that are going to come in handy when I apply for a captain's job or something. Yeah. So yeah, I can, I can 100% understand anybody who does it. Yeah, I have a friend. He's an instructor. He lives. We grew up together. Same development, like in America. But now he lives in Colorado. He's an instructor. Uh, he still flies, but then we're, he just became an instructor. However, to keep his uh, license and to be able to be an instructor, you have to do so many hours a month. Mm-hmm. So what he's been doing lately is, I'm gonna fly to. Somewhere in Europe, like they pick a different spot in Europe and him, his wife gets a ticket on the plane. He flies them over there. So he gets his hours, spends a few days here, and then he picks up a shift and is able to fly back. Uh, they're just not, I just saw they're in Hawaii this week. So that's how it's cool because then you keep your hours, you keep yourself certified, but then you get to see the entire world. It's that's pretty so cool. Awesome. That's, that's, that's really it's awesome. such a cool job. But yeah. yeah, it'd be stressful. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's how how kids uh, how kids envision the pilot's job to still be. And as far as I know, it used to be like that. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I man, imagine like back in the seven, like the Pan Am days, must have been Ooh. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so when what Stuart, That's when flight attendants were flight attendants. Well, yeah, um, they still do that. Um, <laughs> It's, it's well still... not anymore because Epstein's plane. I don't know who has Epstein's plane anymore. So, I think it's still grounded. It's wherever they wherever they caught him. I think literally it's because I looked it up the other day. Um, I think it's still in New York or Hoboken or somewhere. Okay. Did you know so that I, you can buy that island? No way, really. Yep. For how much? I want to say ten. That's 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 100% doable actually. Yeah, but okay, but like you know there's a lot of sick people out there that's like, "Oh my god, this is like the door from the um who was it? That one actress and their husband that the Charles Manson people killed." Hmm. You know what I mean? Like something like that that's like associated with something crazier. Like, "Hey, this is a car that Ted Bundy drove." Like people you know, they it becomes fanfare. People, you know, they're like, oh my God, I have to have it. It's some kind of like memorabilia that's attached to something famous. So is that island. It is, you know what I mean? How many people are like, yo, I want that island. It's like, yeah, I think we need to look into you a little bit deeper, bud. <laughs> Why do you want that island? <laughs> okay, let's let's be realistic. If you would have if you would have killed those girls there, that would be that would be a different story to me. But you know, he just had a lot of crazy shit going on. You don't know what happened in the house that you bought, you know, for real. It could have been, it could have been somebody's sex dungeon. 
there there literally might be somebody buried <laughs> yeah. in the concrete of your house and you just won't know right so you know what actually you know what's crazy about that um we go for a walk a lot in the woods uh in the fields through here and there's a spot i know this was like a big area like where the uh german uh air force was like in the mm -hmm. geese area and like over by us as well yeah uh and there's like a bunch of bunkers and everything that like if you walk into the woods like you can see it's they have them it's all destroyed there's been like a couple that might be intact where like you can get into but i've always been a little too nervous to do it just because you never know you know what i mean what if it caves in or something like that happens and then you're in a pretty crazy situation mm -hmm. um however if you from my house you know where my house is if you yeah. walk maybe seven minutes uh there's a spot in the woods and you'll see like a bunch of gravestones and shit like that that are from that time damn just out in the middle of the woods it's crazy and it's like you think about that and it's like it reminds you we don't you know a lot of crazy shit happened here yeah I mean, if you think about it, it's like 80 years back. That's one person. Yeah. That's one person's yeah. life. It, 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 yeah. it was a lifetime ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what's crazy. But then again, like, it's like that everywhere. It's been like, you think back, you go back to the Middle Ages, like where we have so many castles here. You know how fucked that area around those castles had to have been back then? Mm -hmm. And like, just... You know, people talk about, joke about in America, like, oh, my house is buried on an Indian burial ground. Yeah, but over, like, your house could legit be, like, the plague could have hit, and that's where they dumped all their bodies, and that's where your house sits. Yeah. Like, that's scary. Yeah. If you, um, I might be talking out of my ass. No, actually, I'm not. Um, do you know where the old cemetery is in Giessen? Mm, I don't think so. I think, well, yeah, 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 I do. I do. Yes. Yeah. Um, like Schiffenbergatai. Yeah. Um, the area around that used to be the Plague Cemetery. That's and everybody crazy. knows. That's everybody crazy. Knows. That's crazy. But, like, I mean, but that's, like, yeah, that was a long time ago. But we're still building on top of that. You know what I mean? Like, my house, like, this is considered, like, a new development like part of uh, Daubring where we are. But it's from right after the wars. Yeah. So it's not that new. And stuff like imagine, like, and you see like remnants that there was stuff going on over here in this area. So it's like, I don't know. I like the history aspect of it. And I try to think like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. You know? That's very interesting. But if you're looking at buying houses or uh, building houses, rather, um how far back do you go to not to not care about the dead body that you might have built your house on oh it has to go, it has to be like you can't think about that at all because if you start thinking about it, if that's an issue and you start going back like i said like you go back to like the dark the middle ages mm -hmm. i guarantee there was shit that ha there were, there had to have been battles fought literally on my yard you know what yeah. i mean yeah, with the Romans. I can shit. see a castle from my house. So yeah. it's gotta have it's it had to have happened. 
Well, I'm not really sure because with those castles, they were built in the 16th century, uh, 16th no. and 17th century. Oh, yeah. No. No. If, we're if we're talking about um, um, Gleiberg and... Berg, Stauffenberg dates back to the 12th century. Really? Yep. Okay, it was well, built then... in the 1180-something. See, that's the only one of those castles that I wasn't sure about. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, shoot, maybe you got lucky and people didn't kill each other there, but just, like, raped each other violently. <laughs> like, it works. Right where you're sitting right now. I got my own little Epstein's <laughs> Island here. <laughs> and you don't even know, and you want to buy a Caribbean island where you're at, like, sitting on top of the medieval Epstein Island of Germany. Yeah, that's crazy. But, I mean, history, I've always been fascinated with history, and especially over here in Europe. Hmm. Man, like, in our area, I don't know what it's like up by you, um, but over here, like, where you grew up here in Gießen and stuff like that, you can mm -hmm. literally, from Gießen, you can go 20 minutes in any direction. doesn't matter. You're going to come to a castle or pass a castle. Yeah. Like, you know, you go to uh, Munzenberg, which is right down the – it's not far from Liege. Crazy place. Mm -hmm. um, and then, Crazy people, too. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Um, there's still um, an old setup for Gallows. In Munzenberg because they used to have yeah. people back there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've uh we've gone there a couple times. Um, we have a place over uh in Hide and See. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know it. And so we go there. Like we'll end up in the summer if we have nothing going on. Like we try to go there a lot on the weekends, if not every single weekend. But there's a lot of times like we'll stay the night for like three four days there. And like the one day we had nothing to do, and it's like let's go check this place. I was like let's just have a picnic there so we're having a picnic we're doing that and the one person's like you know what happened here right this is you know what this specific area is right and we're just wow. like we're eating pizza we're like no they're like yeah this is this was this was tv back then this is the gallows we're like cool man thanks for giving us a heads up as we're sitting here with my small children eating food <laughs> it looks to me like that creeps you out a little bit uh, it doesn't creep me out at all, actually. Okay. Not at all. Uh, but it's still... It's a little weird to think about. True, that somebody might have just, just died where you walk by. Because it's... I know what you're what you're thinking about. I mean, um, history history is fascinating because I think I a, lot of ans a lot of answers to modern problems are in history. Mm -hmm. um, but also personal history because it's not for everybody, but I like walking by where I used to go to school and then just like reminiscing and saying like, Hey, this is where I, where I used to sit and take math tests, that kind of thing. Yep. And it's, it's history, you know, it helps you identify with yourself. It's of course, um, absolutely non-essential part of global history, but it's your personal history. And just imagine like somebody for some reason coming back and it's like, Oh yeah, this is where they, where they whipped me. <laughs> this is where I got hanged, where I got hanged. Um, that, <clears throat> That's got to be messed up because to us, it's like a picnic spot. And to somebody, it's like literally the worst place on earth. Exactly. Like this is mm -hmm. where somebody could have lost their entire family. And we're yeah. sitting there cracking jokes and eating pizza. Yeah. It's amazing like how one specific spot can have such a wide uh, range of emotions that occur mm -hmm. there. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Or if, have you ever got uh, Gleiberg? I think that's where they have the Celtic Museum. 
yeah, wasn't that Dunsberg, the one that uh, where there's actually not a castle around it anymore? That just uh, they just um, excavated a whole bunch of shit. Uh, I don't know if it's Dunsberg or something. I thought it was Gleiberg. Okay, it might like, be there too. Um, well, yeah, there was like a Celtic king or prince that was buried there, what? and they they exhumed the actual like tomb and everything like that. And it's there's a whole museum set up about it. Uh, it's not that expensive to go in. Even if it's like, I think for the entire family, we paid like 20 bucks. Damn. I swear to God, if it was 60 euro a person, it would have been worth it. Really? It was one of the coolest places I had ever been to in my entire life. Like hands down, I will, I want to go back. Like it was really cool. Damn, I'll be sure to it check was it out. Man. Really cool. Like it is worth it. Like if you ever, if you guys ever come down with your girl for the weekend or whatever, mm-hmm. you got nothing to do, or if you ever come down and uh, the kids with you, do it. I promise you will not be disappointed. But try to do it on a day that it's not raining. Or I mean, there's a lot of inside stuff. It's all inside. I shouldn't say it's all inside. There's inside stuff, but then you can actually go out and walk and stand on top of like the actual tomb that's like meters below the ground. And like the sheer size of it is fucking mind blowing. And they have like moats around it and shit like that. And a lot of stuff. This is from like, it's 2000 years old. Mm -hmm. Like it dates back like the road, like these are who the Romans were fighting and shit. Like it's crazy. And there's so many cool things that they found. And like, there's stuff that they find like over here by like by us in Ventenberg. And it's like all listed and like exactly where it came from. It's like, Hey, I know that place. And you growing up in geese and you go, Oh my God, I know that place. And this is what they found. It is crazy. I could, we spent, I, I, like I said, I could, I'd, I'd go again in a heartbeat. Wouldn't even have to think about it. It was incredible. Shoot. Is it? Is it like like the outside part? Is that like generally open? Is it yeah. fenced in or something? No, it's open. Okay. You drive up, you park there, and it's you just walk around the grounds if you want. But like to go inside, you have to pay and get a ticket. But then that's where you see like all the stuff that they excavated and like the gold, the jewel, like just. There's um, the actual, like, what the prince wore, like, his thing. Like, he's in there. Damn. It's crazy. Dude, we got to check it out together. Maybe let's maybe let's do a field trip yeah. next time we do, like, I'm, in summer. I'm telling you, dude, it's – if you like history or anything like that, I swear to God, you can spend half a day there at least. Wow. Yeah, it's worth every single penny of it. It was awesome. Hmm. And the people there are super nice and very informed. Like, I I loved it. We had a blast. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I thought it was in Dunspec because I know that a friend of mine got um, hooked up by his history teacher back then. We graduated in 2000. Um, while they were still excavating, they were looking for, like, helping hands among students um, that will spend the day or the week out there with a little brush and, and, and brush the rubble off 
uh, little things that they found there. So yeah, that's why that's why I think you went to Dunspeck, and um, that's that that's how I how I know about the the ancient. Uh, burial site and all that but i didn't know to what extent and how cool it actually was i just know that we had something like that so this is called keltenveld um glauberg so it's not in, in it's in glauberg okay that's where it is and then there's like the um there's like a roman fort like a intact roman fort like you can do like a combination pass like where you get, have access to this museum and then you drive like 20 minutes down the road and you go to an actual roman fort that's over two thousand some years old i think i've been there because um ancient roman barrier ran through where we live yep exactly um, the limas yeah yep uh yeah. the limas uh the one in leash uh my father-in-law he works for the city and mm -hmm. there's the limas runs through there and they have to take care of part of it and it's fucking mind-blowing to think over yeah. 2000 years ago, like there's stuff still there intact from over 2000 years ago. And it's yeah. like the technology that they had back then. It's crazy. Now you listen to Joe Rogan. Yes. You listen to all of them. Uh, most of them probably like nine, 97%. I'd say. Did you listen to the one? I want to say it was last week or the week before with uh, Jimmy Corsetti and Ben Van Kirkike, I think, where they were talking about Atlantis. Is they think Atlantis is in the Sahara? Uh, no, I haven't listened to that one yet. I'm listen to it. Really? Listen to it. It blew my fucking mind. Hmm. They provide so many facts, like how it stuff passes up. Like, you know, the story of Atlantis. Yeah, right? sure. Ancient, so, ancient city or ancient country that somehow got submerged. Yeah. So they're thinking, and it all passes up. That is literally from the middle. It's in the middle of the Sahara desert. And they show like a bunch of, they provide a bunch of evidence, like things that they think and like pictures, like satellite pictures and stuff like that. But the thing that like really blows the top off it for me is, do you know where the, you know where the story of Atlantis comes from? Wasn't it like Greek mythology? Uh, so Pluto, a Greek mythologist, or a, he was the one who really spread it out. But you know where he got the story from? I don't know. His brother or brother-in-law went to Egypt to study something. And that's where the story of Atlantis first originated is in egypt ancient oh. egypt so then you think about it and they start talking about things like how you know how throughout the entire history of the world people believe that man is on like the species man is only six thousand years old but in reality there's stuff that has really blown the site like sciences have evolved and proved that it's realistically eight hundred thousand closer to nine hundred thousand years old that's wow. how old our species is so how they start doing it, it makes you think like all these meteors and stuff like that we, stuff has hit the earth and kind of reset everything. Mm -hmm. So then it got me thinking, it's like, okay, well then that kind of, maybe that's how it explains like the, um, the pyramids in Egypt or the temples in Mexico from the Mayans and stuff like that. And what if man got so far, it was like, developing evolving and becoming so technically advanced and then boom meteor hits reset kills off everything but a lot of that stuff still stays 
Mm-hmm. And then it takes us thousands of years to evolve back into that species that built that stuff. And it's, it's kind of crazy. Cause then you start thinking, it's like, okay, we're just our world, our history and everything is just on a loop. It just, it goes around resets, starts over resets. And we could be, you know, it's crazy when you start thinking about that, that thing, that episode was like over three hours long. If they went another three hours, would have been awesome. Wow. Listen, I promise you, it is crazy. It's probably in the last few months, other than like the episodes that he does with like uh, Shane Gillis and Ari and those guys, as far as like from like the people outside the comedy world and like more in the scientific realm, mm-hmm. hands down the best one I've listened to in the last year. Okay. It's incredible. I'll I'll check it out. Um, I started listening to uh, the Neil deGrasse Tyson one because my uncle's a huge Neil deGrasse Tyson fan. Neil deGrasse Tyson's good. Yeah, um, but the space thing and the Hubble thing—I don't know. There was there was a lot of things that I that I found uh, more interesting at the time, um, like the Drew Portnoy one where he talks uh, to the guy who invented barstool sports. Yep. Um, that's or, really- there's another one that was really good. Um, what the hell's what was his name? Um, he does the soft white underbelly. Oh yeah, that one. Um, that was a good one. Yeah, like oh, hey. something. Hey, na? Wie viele Minuten habe ich noch? Mach ich natürlich. Alles klar, danke dir. All right. You good? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Was that security guy or coworker? Oh, that was security guy. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah, the guy uh, that did soft white underbelly. That was an interesting one. Then I started checking out some of those videos, and they're crazy. Yeah, I and to I them see why. Like, I like hillbillies, so like I was watching like the ones with, like the the hookers and prostitutes. I don't care for that one too much. Nah. But the Appalachian people, I could listen. I could watch it. Shit all day <laughs> it is awesome <laughs> the appalachian one was good and i liked the one uh with the corrupt new york cop yeah who how i mean he never asked the question the guy just starts rambling and rambling and rambling and then he, yeah like how he gets deeper and deeper and deeper in the whole situation it's like wow that guy's a good storyteller yeah and th- that guy he was when he was on rogan he even said the best episodes that he does are the ones where he doesn't say a single word the I people remember, just yeah. sit down and just go. And it it's fascinating, man. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I I remember him saying that. Um I have my reservations about the guy though. Um Me I too. was I was all into him until he had his little emotional moment there. Yep. And I'm like, okay, I don't one hundred percent buy this. But um yep. other than that, very interesting person. It definitely is. But I promise you, those ones with uh, uh, Jimmy Corsetti and Ben Van uh, Kirkvike, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's on, that's listening, if you like anything to do with like ancient history or just weird theories, fucking will be the best three hours of your life. I promise. It is incredible. Here's one I have. Um, 
Did you listen to the one, I forgot his name, unfortunately, but where he talks to the guy who researched uh, the, Ken the, the, the Kennedy assassination? No. Like, oh, man, that's a good one. Because he thinks that he can prove that it was a big conspiracy, that Kennedy was basically whacked by the CIA, mm -hmm. um, that it somehow also has to do with MKUltra, um, this this mind control program that CIA yeah. did that the CIA had, which one hundred percent legitimately yeah, exists. that was that existed. There's that's not a conspiracy theory. That is a legit documented project. Yeah, and um, that some reason I, I forget how the story goes, but um, somehow a lot of people knew a lot of stuff, and Kennedy apparently wanted to shut some stuff down, and that's why he had to go. So, but he was also, see, that's also like when the mob was huge, like they're building Vegas. Yeah. Or was I, the mob that got him? I'm not sure. But I think that, it's like, for me, I, I still kind of go with like the whole theory that it was the mob had their hand in it, not the CIA. Well, yeah, but there's a big novel by Stephen King. Um, I, th I don't know what the German title is, but I think the American title is 1963. Okay. Because um, Stephen King also nerded out on the Kennedy conspiracy and he wrote a great novel. That's my recommendation of the day. Listen or get the audiobook for uh, 1963 um, by Stephen King because um, he has great talent for putting people in situations that are so unnormal that it really just revolves around the characters and everything that's what i like about stephen king novels it's not necessarily about the horror that he that he paints out it's like how does how does the human being react to certain yeah. uh, certain stressors so like i don't want to take too much away from it but in the end stephen king's theory is after doing all this research for the book he said it took him like 10 years to write also um that everything is a big coincidence like it really is a big coincidence. Um, Oswald is a single shooter, in his opinion, mm -hmm. because if you just if you just see how many how many things in daily life just purely happen by coincidence, and um, how many how many stars had to align for these people to cross paths at exactly that moment? Yeah, um, like. It it has to be a big coincidence. Like uh, uh um the the guy the, the bookie that dies of cancer later who shot Oswald. I, for, I forgot his name also. But I forgot. yeah um, yeah 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 the the guy who shoots Oswald as he gets transferred from one jail to the next. Um, he was actually on the way to the laundromat to have his coat cleaned, and he didn't know about like Oswald being transferred. And I think on one occasion he remembered feeling his gun in his coat and saying, oh, fuck, I wanted to have my coat cleaned and now I have this gun here. And then he walks across the Oswald uh, procession and that's when he shot him. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, what if we're all just sleeper cells, man, and we're being controlled? And that's how that all fell into place. Yeah. Dude, it might be this this whole thing with, with, with the... Uh, with the comet resetting everything, it's kind of, you know, it brings everything full circle. You know, everything gets born and dies and then gets put together in some other way to construct something else. So, shoot, maybe we're part of a big organism. Who knows? Exactly. Exactly. And we're part of a big org organism. 
organism. Right? Is that the right word? That's the right word. Okay, I'm been drinking, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that is trying to. It could be also some part of like higher manifestation. It's crazy. Like some of the stuff, man. Like, and that's this thing. Like, um, I've said it a few times. You know my wife a little bit. You follow some of the stuff that she does. She's really big into that part of thinking, where mm-hmm. manifestation and stuff like that, and. I I can't knock it, man. Just like some of the things that happen, it's like, what the fuck? And like how it happens, it's like, yo, there's there's gotta be something to it. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty crazy. And if if that's possible, then technically some of these crazy theories have to also be pretty possible. Yeah. There's sure. gotta be I mean, at least a percentage of truth to it. So I don't know. It's crazy. It's like, pretty interesting, though. As as no as long as nobody can completely discredit a theory, um, I tend to not knock it too much. But right. you know, if you have if you have a certain gut instinct, I think it's absolutely okay to follow it. Um, right. Because you know you have to believe something. Right. So, you know, it's kind of like you know what Dave was telling us about trannies. Don't knock until you try it. You know, you got it until somebody proves you wrong. You just got to, got to go with it. Yeah. But speaking of trannies, I hope Dave never shaves again because he would look like a big butch lesbian if he ever did. (laughs) Fucking Rosie O'Donnell. No, it's Dave. Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) So now we roasted Chris for not being here. We roasted Dave for not being here. Dude, you, you, you're on your third beverage right now. What's that? Uh, so this one is uh, Fanta. Just Fanta. Just Fanta. Nothing mixed with it. Like I'm gonna believe that shit. <laughs> I promise. I had a few beers. Um, I, I have a I have a long day tomorrow. I can't get too crazy. So, um, and I can't sit down and podcast without a few beers. So that's true. For some I, I can't reason. work without a few beers. So <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but speaking about speaking about the universe um, aligning something and, and stuff, it's it's really funny because I know that we did a podcast together with Mila once, and uh, she talked about her affirmations and how the universe gives you certain things, and that's and and you should act on them because it might be a sign. Here's the thing: I told you that um, every now and then, like family life for me, it gets really stressful for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I thought that it would be really cool to have like the ultimate man cave. Yes, And and there's a space in my basement where I want to build it in. I want to put it in there without my girlfriend or stepdaughter actually noticing it and Mm -hmm. just have it. Right. So I had like a vivid imagination about how I want it to look. I want it to look like a cigar lounge, although I don't smoke, but I like cigar lounges. Yeah. Um, and I want to have my football jerseys in display cases. I know how the lighting's gonna be. I know what the color of the wall is gonna be. Now, that's that's like four weeks ago. Cut to two weeks ago. I see Somebody posted uh, like a note on the board saying, hey, I have like five old um, Billy shelf systems Nice. that I want to sell. I'm like, huh, my budget's been a little tight. If she's selling like five used Billies, I can use the two that I already have in my office and maybe buy one more to complement everything and then I have eight. Perfect. So I give her a call and she's like, hey, yeah, it's actually eight that I'm selling. 
And I'm like, whoa. So today I drive to her place to, uh, to check it out. And lo and behold, she has her walls painted in precisely the green that I want to get for my man cave. Oh, cool. And just a week ago, I was in Bielefeld and I had breakfast in a cafe, beautiful little cafe. And that's where I saw this green. And I'm like, I want that green. And then I left the cafe and I forgot to ask what shade of green that is. Yeah. And now she has exactly that green with that's exactly crazy. like the furniture that I want. And then I was like, oh, shoot, I'm just going to go on, on eBay Kleinanzeigen and, and get a little chair, um, get a new desk or a new old desk. I want it to be old. Um and she's like, yeah, I bought this chair on eBay Kleinanzeige, and it's like really a vintage chair, exactly yeah. like I wanted it. She's like, I'm, this is my ex-boyfriend's stuff. I'm basically selling it because he just up and left. You want that too? I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. So that's just, I just wanted to tell that story because I had this, I had it clearly in my mind that it's going to look exactly like that. And she already has it set up and now she's selling it to me for like, because we're, we're colleagues and friends. So it's just like a, you know, here you go, basically. Dude, and that's the thing. Like, you put it out as long as you put out in the earth. Uh, and this is something that my wife has been teaching me. You put it out in the universe. There's a good chance that it's going to come back to you. If you keep putting it out into the universe, you're manifesting. You're manifesting it into existence, and that's exactly what you did. It's crazy. Yeah. There is actually. Um, when we end this, if you have like just one or two minutes, literally, uh, stay sure. on after we stop the recording because I want to. I got to. There's something I want to run by you. Okay. Um. So don't just as soon as we say bye, dip like you always do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did the Polish exit last time. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that, man. It's hard to deny. It really mm. is. It, it's like you said, there's all these coincidences. But are they? Are they really coincidences? Or was that exactly supposed to happen? And it's just like you start, you go down that rabbit hole. And then I listen to this episode of the Rogan. I'm just like three o'clock in the morning. I have to wake up at five <laughs> and I'm freaking out. Like my, my, my head's going like 8,000 miles an hour. I'm like, yeah, dude, this is probably what happened. This is crazy. And mind blown, Mila wakes up. She's like, what the fuck are you doing up still? And I'm like, yo, listen to this rabbit hole I just went down and started explaining. She goes, you're an idiot. <laughs> That's like, it's, it's like, it's so interesting. Yeah. It's like being on an edible. Um that's that's exactly why as a as a high school student I quit astronomy because I was scared of what I was learning. Yeah. Like this this whole idea that the star that you see shining most likely isn't there anymore. It's oh, just it, and it could have been it it could be gone for hundreds of years already. Right. That's we're the still thing that really it. blows your mind. Yeah. Right. And it's just that the light takes so long for wherever from uh, wherever the star is located to hit your eyes. Yeah. That's it. It's crazy. Like, fuck, what if we're not real? I mean, I, I remember going down a major rabbit hole. Out. Well, the thing that really fucks you up is like, okay, all these stars, most stars are, they have a lifespan. Yeah. They're going to explode and that's it. You guys realize what the sun is, right? Mm-hmm. How much time does that have left? And there's no way, like, you can never predict that. 
Right, right. It's crazy. That's that's so messed up. And on the other hand, it's like this is in this is a total contradiction. On one hand, we're trying to survive and to be immortal because that's our instinct. On the other hand, the only way we can avoid living through those dark ages is just by dying. Right. <laughs> and if you really if you up. want to go even deeper, we're trying to strive to for survival. We're trying to work towards surviving. But in reality, the harder you work, essentially it's the harder you're working for your death. Yeah. That's crazy. So instead of like, just like you just stated, like why do the easy way and just die. That's the quickest way to avoid it. Reality. We're thinking that we're trying to make it better for ourselves, but in reality, we're putting more and wear and tear on our bodies for something that is literally inevitable. You cannot fight it. Yeah. It's nuts. That's it's, it's nuts. It's fucked up. And it's, it's fun to, to write jokes about all that stuff. I, I agree. Um, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Because <laughs> a, a lot of jokes just have dying in the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's like as a punchline because in the end, I mean, quite honestly, fuck it. Fuck all this stuff. Yeah. You know? It's like, you don't have to do anything. If you don't want to, you don't have to go to work. No, you don't have to take care of your kids. You don't have to pay taxes, you, especially you, here in Germany. Right. All you got to do is just kill yourself and you'll be free of all that stuff. Right. Well, the only thing you can't get away with in Germany is paying your taxes. That's something that, you know, you have to do, but everything else. Yeah. You'd be, and you'd be taken care of and supported by the government. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's if you live. But I mean, if you don't want to pay taxes, just just kill yourself. And if you, the listener or viewer, is having problems and thoughts of suicide, don't kill yourself. Call somebody. Call Bobby. Call Dave. They're there for you. No. Call somebody that's more better to help with that, uh, deal with that. Uh, I might be a little too autistic to try to call somebody out of killing themselves because, again, Always going for the joke. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how, to, like, I don't know. I might say the wrong thing thinking like, oh, I just brightened this dude's day up. In reality, that was a lot. That was a straw that killed the camel's back. You know? <laughs> like, are you sure you're in the right body? <laughs> Dude. Girls don't have wieners. You're silly. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and we're canceled. But um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's there's definitely over the last few years, I've definitely opened up a little more the way I think about things mm -hmm. and how I see things. I try to be open to everything. But there's a lot of stuff. It's like you cannot um, – you can't deny it. It's mm -hmm. it's happening. Yeah. And um, and that's what – like some of these conspiracy theories, like I hear something, it's like there's no way. But then there's some things it's like but. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not everything is 100%, you right. know. So it's definitely Not interesting. Not everything is 100%, and some of these conspiracy theories get washed away by like um, arguments like, hey, they wouldn't do that to us. But then you come across things where they – or situations where they did exactly that. <laughs> so, yeah. 
And with they, I mean governments. <laughs> the uh, government, Big Brother banks. is the worst friend to you. A hundred percent. So, and that's something that's been always going around. Like, this is something I did not know. During World War II, did you know the German soldiers? What they were all hopped up on? Uh, yeah, they were on on. Was it acid? Crystal meth or crystal meth? Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. I had no fucking clue. Mm-hmm. This blew my mind. Then it starts like then you start thinking. It's like ah, it all makes sense. You know what I mean? Please elaborate. I've um, never taken meth. I don't know. Well, not like I just just the just the tip intense just the oh. intensity of how things happen and how easy it was to kind of bring everybody together you know what i mean mm. um that could definitely be achieved through those types of drugs but that also makes them i don't it just it's crazy mind altering um but i had no clue that they were on crystal meth like have you ever like the best way to compare it to is if you open up any kind of news article from the States and it says Florida man, blah, 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 blah. That is literally the German equivalent. That's the best comparison I heard in my entire life. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only way I can, uh, that's the only way I can logically explain it. Like that's the only thing that makes sense in my head is like, so perfect. Nazis doing crystal meth. Oh, that's exactly like Florida man got a dog stuck on his wiener. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's the exact same thing. It's, it's <laughs> literally, I mean, that, that was that was so perfect, Bobby. Please write that down and perform that on stage. I'll try not to kill it, uh, try not to steal it. But um, it's like 100%. Imagine the Holocaust got started with one Nazi going to another Nazi and going, yo, bro, you know what would be wild? You know, so, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we might want to cut that out. I don't think there was anything wrong with it. I think, I don't reality, think so. there was nothing wrong. It was a joke. It was a good joke. But I... I I'm definitely writing down that one I said because I already, think I already <laughs> forgot it. The Florida man. It's like yeah, um, like Nazis anything... on meth is the equivalent. Yeah, no, Florida man. Like today's Florida man, blah 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 blah, is the equivalent to Nazis on meth. <laughs> That'd be a good bit. Yeah, like imagine you know those 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 guys getting together. Like, dude, let's let's make fucking Hugo Boss make our uniforms. And then we'll put like skulls and crossbones on him and go invade another country and fuck everything up, man. Yeah. And it's, and that's the thing. That's another thing. Like, I don't know if you've ever like used to party when you were little, but you get a bunch of white people together, start smoking weed. They're like, Hey man, you know, it'd be fucking cool right now. You know what (laughs) I mean? And that's how shit like that starts. Like, at first you're talking about like, man, I'd fucking make these nachos like this and crush them. And it can, quickly escalate to invading a neighboring land like it fucking that's literally how it happens (laughs) you know and the whole time you could have a cut like the uh mr mackie from south park going drugs bad guy (laughs) you know (laughs) like that's that's history and that's that's a cycle that's never ending repeating itself yeah 
That's so awesome. Like, dude, you know how they have these peppers in Spain? Dude, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Turkey's got some wild watermelons, man. <laughs> like, fucking, dude, did World War II start because of munchies? <laughs> that would be messed up. But how, what happens if, like, a, a meth head talks to a coke head? Because Hitler was coked up, I heard. That's very possible. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you're just taking, like, a super upper with an upper. Like, you're just, it's basically, like, it's like Liver King, but tripling his steroid dose. That's, like, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's not It's not like going one plus one, but one times one. That's, like, the exponent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but actually, actually, that's a stupid example because it's still one, I should say. <laughs> 100 plus 100 or 100 times 100. Oh, my pen died. Oh, no. <laughs> what are you writing down? Uh, the th- the Florida man is like <laughs> Nazis on meth. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's so good. That's good, man. And see, that's what this is what I love about podcasting because I honestly think uh, podcasting is very beneficial for comedians. If you look, every comedian has a podcast out or their guests on podcasts, and some of the best podcasts that are available are from comedians. Like yeah. I, I love Rogan. He's a great. Some of my favorite ones are especially ones with like Ari Shafir, Shane Gillis, because they're nuts. You know, but then like Andrew Schultz and Akash Singh, that might be like flagrant too with mm-hmm. those guys. That might be one of my favorite podcasts. That and Bad Friends with Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee. Fucking ridiculous. And it's just them hanging out, having a conversation, and then they come up with gold. Like Nazis on meth is Florida man, blah, 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 blah. You know? That's so good. And that's and that's really how it develops. It allows you to develop why you know further. I love it. It's fun. Yeah. Oh, did you watch um Schultz's special on YouTube? Yes. Dude, that was so good. He is so good. His crowd work is out of this out of this universe. Have you ever seen uh, Akash Singh? I've seen one of the specials. Um, I can't remember any jokes. But see, yeah. for me, like his crowd work might be some of the best I've ever seen. Really? Like him, like and him and Schultz are like best friends, and they both do like crowd work really well. But I think Akash, the dude, is fire. He is so quick. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. I, I like how um, Andrew Schultz, um, how how he coats his cloud work, uh, his crowd work, and gets away with outrageous shit. Like he he had a black guy who adopted a white baby. Yes, and they went to his show, and the way he roasted them was just amazing. And they were st- they were laughing about it, and he was saying all this horrible shit. Yeah, and um, it was oh my god, it was so good. Yeah. There is one that he talks about. He roasted an Indian guy that's a sheik, uh, uh, sick, mm-hmm. you know, where he says, oh, man, they got the bands. He's like, back in that day, that was a stat like that. They were Indian warriors, 
you know, that's where they used to hide the sheath, like hide the sheath of like a, a dagger or something like that. And now the only thing that that thing uh, does is rest on the steering wheel of an Uber. <laughs> and like, but how he said it, it was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and you think about it, it's like, fuck, if you ever gotten an Uber in New York city, it's an Indian dude. 100%. And it's hilarious. Yeah. It is so fun. Like, cause the shit that the outrageous stuff that he says, you can't deny it. Yeah. It, that's what makes it so funny. It is perfect. The dude is, yeah. he's incredible. I think so too. I mean, it's not racism if you're just stating a simple truth. No. And that's, and to come even more for full circle, how I said, I think that this cancel culture is kind of on the downside mm -hmm. because a lot of comedians, like right now, you have to be very careful of what you say. But then you have people like, Schultz, Louis C.K., uh, Akash Singh, fucking Andrew Santino to everywhere on the internet. He pulls his eyes together and does a Bobby Lee impression like to his face. Like, it's insane <laughs> and extremely racist. Like the shit that those two do to each other. But they do it in a way where it's like, okay, we're numbing people back up to where it's going to get to the point again, where you're finally allowed to say what you want to, mm -hmm. you know, it's like clothing stuff that we used to wear, like in the early nineties, like in the nineties is coming back with the next generation. I think it's this cancel culture. We're on the downward. It's going to cease to exist for a little bit and it's going to reset. And we're going to have a couple of years where we're able to wild out again. But it also shows how good people truly are with this society where you have to be really careful what you say, but they're still going hard as fuck. But in a way where it's like beautifully executed where they don't get in trouble for it. It's right. incredible. It shows their true talent. Yeah. yeah. It's and incredible. It show, and it shows that comedy is a craft too. Because it is I, a I think true craft. If we would, if we, if we were to try to do it, um, I I don't think that we could get the point across in a way that they do it. And the point is that like, don't be offended. We're not laughing at you. We're laughing at this situation. Yep. Um, and well, it's, everybody's got to start somewhere. I know, I know, but I see it in my show. Uh, uh, that that stage show that I do, that theater show um, that I do once a month here in Bremen. It's like. I talk to these comedians before they go on stage, like um, in an off the air, off stage kind of setting, like, hey, where do you want to be on the lineup? And um, how did you get here? How was your day? That kind of stuff. Like totally unofficial. There's no audience there. And a lot of them are, are completely down to earth human beings with um, absolutely no, uh, no extreme stance on anything. They're, yep. they're just trying to be funny. And um, <clears throat> some have like the idea of showing society what society is like by pretending to be somebody that they secretly despise. Mm. And um, sometimes they just like, they, it's like missing a key on an instrument. It's just like that one little thing that would make the audience believe, okay, he's trying to show me something like to make them believe that rather than this is an idiot trying to make fun of, of handicapped people. Um, that 
that old thing is, is just a craft. Sometimes it's just um, your premise. Sometimes it's just your setup. Sometimes it's just that you don't fill the audience in on your personal situation before you say something. And unfortunately, until you go out on stage and say it, you never know if you hit the note that you wanted to hit. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's such a, it's an art, man. It's a form of art that is, you have to be, it's not for everybody. Not everybody can do it. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Like it yeah. takes a certain kind of person to just go up there. Cause let's be real until you get like really famous you're going to get laughs, but a lot of those are what's called time laughs is people are just going to kind of give you a little chuckle, but 90% of the time you're going to go up there and you're going to eat shit for years. Yeah. And for you to be able to just go, okay, I'm going to do this again next week. You know what I mean? Like that just shows how mentally unstable you truly are. And right. Those are the kind of people we need to have on here with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, man. That, that that would be great. Um, or or just get Dave liquored up and have him talk. Yeah, dude, we have to do we have to do another live one where you just get all shined up and <laughs> crazy. <laughs> have another dude. alligator fuckhouse. We have to remake alligator fuckhouse. We certainly have to remake alligator fuckhouse. But on one hand, there's only one alligator fuckhouse. There's and only one. The, I have the original, original version. It's Dude. just in. It's just for us. <laughs> that is so good. I spent. So, I I think I watched that or listened to it rather, um, at least twenty times. Yeah. When I heard that little whistle in the back, oh my god, <laughs> that's so, so good. good. We got good. so fucked up. Yep. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, guys, I actually think this is a great uh, point to stop. We went well over the hour mark this was a great episode i think yeah i think so too uh, perfect thanks for coming on harry again stick around for a minute don't do the you know we've been talking about poland but you don't need to uh assimilate and take on you don't need to appropriate their goodbye for this today all right i'll try good um so guys actually there is something i want harry to plug because we do have a lot of people in germany that do listen According to the numbers I've been looking at, uh, mm. we do have a good number of people in Germany that listen to this uh, podcast. And as you know, if you're a fan of football here in Germany at all, you're going to know Harold. Uh, you know his voice from stadium appearances. You know his voice from DAZN, uh commentating for the NFL. But what you guys don't know, might not know, is that he has – another podcast outside he's you know he is typical to the half of his culture that he is and likes to double dip into multiple things uh and podcasting is one of them so with that being said harold do you want to promote i see that you just uh posted another episode here the other day yeah um Thanks. Thanks very much, Bobby, for the opportunity. Um, the podcast is called Ball Time. It's mostly in German, but I will have a couple of American guests coming on, maybe possibly these fine gentlemen that I do pardon the ignorance with. 
Um, I'd be happy to have you guys on for like an NFL or Super Bowl recap if you feel like it. That'd be cool. Um, but one of the guys that I will have is Geese and Golden Dragons quarterback will be on in the near future. That'll be in English. So what I'm trying to say is whenever I get an interesting import player, of course, I'll do it in English. Um, <clears throat> just to make it just to make it more interesting for for people, get a broader audience. But other than that, a lot of that a lot of that stuff is in German. And I also started a second format. Um, when I say started, I mean I produced. It's two other people talking. It's uh, Steffi84, a beautiful lady. She is Germany's most famous football influencer, most famous female football influencer, that is. And my personal friend, Darian Naujox, who plays kicker for the Oldenburg Knights. I think it's a perfect match because Darian also looks like a lesbian with a beard. And um, it's <laughs> just... You know they have they have a good back and forth. They speak about mm. the NFL mostly, and then when it comes to to German football, top tier football, lower leagues, that's where I get in. Um, you know, I try to speak with every coach in Germany. Um, <clears throat> once I did it, I had like um, I spoke to every coach coach in northern Germany. I had like forty five podcasts that I uploaded in um, in I think eight months. Wow. So it's really a lot of work, and I'd appreciate every listen. Yeah. Definitely go check them out. They even have a, uh, you guys do video. Uh, I know on Facebook, to, but do you also have a video up on YouTube? Yes. Three weeks okay. ago, I started the YouTube channel. Um, nice. I think it's Ball Time Podcast or Ball, Ball Time Studio. One of the two. Mm -hmm. Cool. So check it out. You have uh, every audio version, and then there's also the ability to watch it as well. And if you like football, you speak German check it out. You won't be disappointed. Um, Harold, as always, man, it's a pleasure. I love having you on. You've been come because of this podcast, man, you've become a dear friend to me and I love it. It's awesome. Thanks. So, thank I appreciate you. it. I'd, I'd like to give it back. Thanks for having me. Thanks guys. Anytime. Uh, guys, you know where to find us literally anywhere. Podcasts can be found. Fucking audibles, Amazon music, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts can be found, and YouTube. So thanks. Check us out. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.